Hey, everybody. Thanks very much for hanging out with us today. We're here. We're hanging. I got my man hanging with me. I got him. I convinced him. I said, come on, TMZ's calling. Let's get your Bel Air Hollywood, you know, A-list celebrity. So I, I tracked him down, sat him down, said, come on, find me some time to hang out. Let's share some stories and talk some BS and share about produce a little bit. Everybody give it up for the VP of sales and marketing, the king, the keeper of the keys, protector of the poor, the one, the only from DNL Produce. Give it up for Jeremy Taylor. Welcome, man. What's up, Todd? Chilling, brother. Just hanging out with you today. It's the highlight of my day is hanging out with you. I've been pumped all day for this experience, especially to talk about produce, what you're doing. You're out kicking ass. People are paying attention to what you're doing. Dino's doing some big stuff, which I love and I can't wait to get into. Talk a little bit about The Ohio State University, where you're from, because I love to give people from The Ohio State University a hard time. Why do they call it The, by the way? Why do they put the in front? Is it like the, like I'm in the prison or I work at the McDonald's? Is that what you guys do that for? Is, is that the reputation that, that precedes us? I think that like, you know, most of what's happening. Uh, you know what? I think somewhere in my freshman class, they told me what that meant. Uh, but as like most people in college, you get rid of most brain cells before you graduate. graduate so, like, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you anymore, right? Like where it comes from. Uh, even like being from Columbus, like you still have to say like Columbus, Ohio, like like it's that we don't get that same name recognition i think well that, sure like, and people thinking. get people might get lost if you don't say ohio i mean really think about it. i mean i know i'm not, not i'm not really trying to pick on people but you know you might get lost ohio is not like a place where like everyone can like knows how to get to for sure uh but yeah no look we make it work uh i, I i'm proud of where, where i'm from that's for sure absolutely you should be yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely hey columbus is a great city i have no doubt about that but the ohio state university is certainly going to get a little bit of my IR. and we'll get into that a little bit more i, I can't I can't let this go without a little bit of the scarlet and gray or whatever your colors you try to pretend you be. And we'll get into what a Buckeye is because everybody should be named after a nut. Anyways, let's get rolling on this. Let's talk about Dino. Let's talk about you. We'll get back to Ohio State without any doubt. Before we get going, brother, tell everybody a little bit about who you are. Give them a little bit of your bio and your journey to today. Hanging yeah. out with me. Yeah, I won't bore people for sure. Uh, so I'm vice president of sales and marketing at DNO Produce. Uh, quickly, DNO Produce is a Fresh cut processor, wholesale distributor in Columbus, Ohio. We service most of the Great Lakes East Coast area with um, fresh cut products for food service mainly. We really kind of know a lot about us. People know us for our school items. That's where we K through 12, individual package snack packs. That's where people know us. Um, I've been here seven and a half years, which yeah. um, feels like seven and a half minutes, but also 70 years. At the same time, it's just like, man, it, it, produce is like dog years, like, but backwards. Uh, you know, like, yeah. It wears you down. Uh, <laughs> Dude, that's well said. Dog years, <laughs> but backwards. <laughs> so it, it feels like a lot longer, right? It, it just, I can't even remember what life was like before whatever that was. But when I dig into there, before that, I worked with uh, a startup technology firm that sold to Aramark, Sodexo, Guggenheimer, uh, local products mainly. Uh, how, right. does, how does Aramark source products from local farms? Um, and surprisingly, it's extremely difficult. Unless you like work with people like DNO, and that's actually how I ended up finding this team. And before that, you know, I'm from Columbus, Ohio, went to Ohio State University, um, started some of my own firms in college and found some success and found some failures too, uh, you know, with that too. And uh, yeah, but fell in love with this business, um, this industry, the people more than anything. Um, yeah. It's been, man, it's been really fun. Um, I, I've got a really good opportunity to be involved with a, a great team, great culture. And you know, here we are, man. Like, you know, it's not like secret sauce. It's just, this is where we, I ended up. You know, you know, dude, I've been in this business a long time and I, and I do, you know, coming up on a hundred of these broadcasts now. And, and it, it's amazing to me 
that everybody says the same thing that you just said. It's the people, it's the connectivity, it's this business, it's in your blood. You can't, you can't imagine doing anything else anymore once you get into this business. It's just a trick. I mean, it's, it's such a common theme. And to hear you, it's, you know, seven years in at this level, you know, and you're a baller brand, you guys are out, you know, you're doing big things. We're going to talk about some of those big things, especially when it comes to, you know, school nutrition and things like that. But, you know, it's just interesting to hear that perspective from you that it's just like, God, it's just, it's, it's in the blood. If you like go through, you got a lot of like uh, fresh produce, like all stars, legacy people on your, your, I'm like, you know, uh, you, you got the 97 or 98, a lot, but smarter people than me first. Right. You know, but a lot of great people and they all remind me of like romantics almost like, you know, it's more than just it's romance. Like, you know, they're drawing little hearts on like their, their notebook around the, the produce industry. Right. You know, they're like writing notes and passing it around. Cause there's, it's really hard to like, you know, uh, like compare what it is. Cause like, you know, you too, Todd, right. Like, and I've been in this, I've been at Dino for seven and a half years. And before that, a few years at the other firm kind of toying with fresh produce. Right. But like, you know, even still now, you know, you go to a dinner party, you got happy hour and drinks like that. And you tell them what you do. And they're like, what? Like, you know, someone is in like the actual peach business. Right. Or like the cantaloupe business. And like, there has to be, there was, I always knew there, there was somebody out there, but like who, who that was. And people are just fascinated by that industry and the people who attract there because, you know, maybe your wife like listens to your phone calls like maybe mine does sometimes across the room. And she was like, Jim, like, what are you talking about? Mango? Like, there's no way that was a 25 minute conversation around mangoes. And right. I'm like, Ashley, yes. <laughs> like, like, right. Um, and so to do that and have the ability to go forever, you got a lot of that. Yeah, no, there's no two ways about it. But again, like you said earlier, it gets in your blood, man. It becomes the people. And I think that's one of the things that I found in my career that's the best is the people. Um, you know, the people that have like, you know, that, that have like interests and like desires to make the world a better place and realize the power that produce has to do that and the power they have to touch consumers and affect people's lives on a daily basis. You know, when you really think about the billions of dollars that have, you know, the billions of people have been fed. It's very powerful to sit back and go, God, that was a pretty cool responsibility I had to try to make sure we were doing right by people. I try to be my that, that, that little, a little piece of the wheel, right? There's a lot, yeah. a lot of people involved. I just do my little piece, go home at night, put my head down the pillow, you know, doing yeah. the right thing. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, dude, it's amazing. I mean, I, I, I don't know, you know, I had all these big ideas for where, what I was going to do professionally and personally and all those types of things. And, you know, I never thought, man, you know what? I probably want to sell apples. That's what I want to do. Like, you know, you don't say that, but now I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Well, for sure. I mean, you know, and I cut, when I cut my teeth, I cut it on the LA market, right? I, I started in retail for a bit and I got on the LA market at 1 30 in the morning in the bastion of hell and debauchery and craziness back in that time. So, you know, to, to, you got to be committed if you're getting up at 12 30 in the morning with David Letterman or driving, driving into downtown LA at one o'clock in the morning, 1 30 in the morning. You imagine, know, but you're right. Imagine doing that and going, you know what? I don't do that forever. Imagine, I could not imagine that, dude. Trust me, that is that is a brutal that is a brutal existence. Or like, or like, but that that, that the industry, you're like, no, man, I want to do this. Yeah. I want to work around the clock. Like, so you, it gets inside, you know, like it's it's part of you. And then yeah. what else? What else are you gonna do? Go do something 100%. else. You know, go get a square job. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, yeah. those guys are rolling to the street at you know ten o'clock at night, eleven o'clock at night, one of them, whatever it is, and grind. I mean, it's just those guys are they're they're madmen. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Mean, you know, it's, it's, and then they, then they finish it. Then they finish at six in the morning. They're having cocktails and breakfast. And they're going to play golf and go to sleep at whatever time and do it all over again. 
it's well, crazy. It's a crazy when I, existence. When I, when I first got in this business, uh, or when I first was hanging around, like you know, I hear all these stories, and like you know, I got a, like, I got a love or a homage for like you know where the produce business come from and where it's going. And you know, when I first started, there'd be folks that come in the warehouse, and we just you know they tell me all these cowl tales that almost don't even seem real. Like it, you know, some I can't retell on a podcast like this. Like, I can't, you know, you it's can. like, you know, yeah, you can. Well, you tell anything. Uh, yeah. But like he was like, yeah, what we do is we we unload the broccoli and. You know, that'd be around 9 a.m. or so, or no, it's around 2, 3 a.m. And then we put some of that ice on the beer and get it cold. And then around 6 a.m., right, or 6.30, shipping be all done, go out in the parking lot and start drinking. Like, that's what they yeah. would do. And this is, Dude, you know, yeah. like, what? Dude, I, I, can rem- I can remember those guys firing up these big 50-gallon, you know, drum barbecues at 2 <laughs> o'clock in the morning, 2.30 in the morning. And they're cooking steaks and corn. As if it's, you know, a backyard barbecue. It's just a, it's a whole different, it's just a whole different world. It's pretty fun. It was a pretty fun way to cut your teeth. There's no two ways about it. I learned, I learned a lot from a lot of really, really good people. That's for sure. So let's get into a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about DNO really quick, because I think what you guys, you know, are doing is some really powerful stuff. And I want to make sure that, that people understand what you guys are about, not only as a business, but I mean, some of the, you know, the philosophy behind your business, because you guys started, you guys have been around you know, you didn't start yesterday. You guys have been around a while. You've got a good history, really built around a lot around what local produce means. And you touched on a little bit earlier about, you know, what, how do you deal with local produce? And I know you guys are really powerful in that space. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, why is local, why is local produce, you know, feel so important to DNL? Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Abby Pryor, Chief Commercial Officer at Bright Farms. On behalf of all the bright farmers across our great country, thanks for listening to Todd Versations and Todd Bits. At Bright Farms, we care about the health of our planet and its people. Our mission is to give more people access to the freshest, tastiest, cleanest, and most responsibly grown salads available. We grow our salads by harnessing the power of the sun in our advanced greenhouses located close to your grocery stores. Our salads are delivered in as little as 24 hours after harvest, so every Bright Farm salad you buy is fresh, tasty, and sustainably grown. It's a big job looking out for the health of the people on the planet, but we're up for it. So give one of our Bright Farm salads a try today and become a part of our Bright Farms family. Thanks so much. Yeah, so, um, you know, somewhere, you know, 30 three years ago, you know, Dino started it, it, Tony DeNovo, who's our founder, like um, purchased a local co-op, right. You know, right. the DeNovos have been in produce a long time, right. You know, and like every good family business had a lot of, you know, in breakups and, and, you know, match making and stuff too. And when Tony broke out and started his own thing, you know, he bought a local co-op and really mm-hmm. cut our teeth right on, you know, procuring local products from farms and selling it. And it's kind of that at minimum, that legacy is kind of carried in that appreciation um, for like the, the, our community more than anything. And I think that's I actually how that. we started in schools and stuff too, which is like, you know, at the very minimum, you got to take care of the community. And then, so you start working with one school district and another, and then, you know, they like any good government dollar, they want to buy as much domestic and then buy as much local and spend that money in compound interest. Um, I'm, I'm just going to be hard sold that like there's a bigger way to make an impact financially, economic, you know, financially, environmentally, socially, than spend as much dollar close to home as possible. Now, yeah. in fresh produce, it's certainly not that easy, right? You can't just mm-hmm. go buy oranges in Ohio, right? right? Like it's not happening. But no. 
if you're going to like take your opportunity to spend a lot of time locally, you know, selling customers, working with them, the least you can do is try to find ways to continue that kind of like cycle of dollars and cycle environmentally, you know, reducing carbon footprints and things like that. We do a tremendous amount of business in you know, food banks and other social programs as well. And it kind of all collects it. The same, the mission that schools have and food banks have, and we have all realigned that we're just trying to make fresh fruits and vegetables really easy. And the easiest way to do that is to buy them down the street or in the state and then buy them from California. Now, right. our business has grown a ton and, and we're procuring, obviously, from across the country and, you know, importing, exporting, all kinds of stuff. But, like, that's still really rooted in our business. Like, we really take right. care of what's at home. That starts with our employees and everything. So, you know, local is so much more than just buying local product. It's supporting the local communities that we're surrounded in. Yeah, I love that. And, and it is, you know, it's, it is super important. And people... It's important to your customers, right? I mean, I think it goes back to that old the, the tagline that USDA had, you know, know your food, know your farmer type mentality. And I think that people want to know when it is corn, you know, that's from 100 miles away. I mean, it has value. And I think that leaning into it, you know, obviously to uplift your economy is one thing and uplift your communities as well. But I think it's really important that the consumers have that opportunity. You know, let's face it, uh, you know, a, a peach coming from the San, you know, San Joaquin Valley is you know, worth calling out, right? No different than a, you know, no different than an apple from, uh, you know, uh, upper, upstate New York. I mean, there's some good product that comes from these and that local feel is so important. Yeah. And my consumer, you know, consumers, like my consumer is uh, not just the kids who eat my product because, you know, honestly, most eight year olds, it could be hard for them to like get really excited. Right. You know, whatever, but like their parents really care. Their teachers yeah. really care. And that's a big deal because like, you know, if, if you're a school food service leader, you know, right, and you've chosen that school food service is your like path for a career and you really care about it. It's because you actually really give a damn about your community you have yeah. to invest your time to feed the children in your community you are going to want to continue that through all of your decision making so mm -hmm. farm to school that stuff it's all right there so like it's just it, it that's what they completely want right and, it, and if you're going to spend your money with me i will deliver what you want and you know yeah. and, it, and you know god forbid it's the right thing too so like you know it's like you know it's like you're selling cigarettes right you know like you're selling you know fresh fruits and vegetables grown regionally to um, kids who won't get an access without it. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, and I want to get deeper into, I'm going to stay on this train for a second, but I want to get deeper into what you guys are doing with the schools because it's a huge, huge conversation to have. And I'm such a big proponent of trying to make sure that we are putting more fresh fruits and vegetables in schools, helping that next generation understand the importance of why fruits and vegetables need to replace some of the garbage and why it's going to make a difference, you know, climatically, what's going to make a difference to their health, especially, you know, all of these, all of these plus factors. But, you know, when you think about local, and I want you to kind of go back, you know, a little bit in the crystal ball, since you're not in college, you haven't lost these brain cells probably yet, or at least not as fast. But, you know, today versus, say, yesterday, right? And yesterday, meaning in your seven-year tenure, what do you think some of the trends you're seeing versus, you know, about local produce now that you maybe haven't seen before? Or is it gaining momentum or is it becoming, you know, more of a spotlight item, do you think? Um, so I, I, I use the, um, the small notation of COVID. And in, in the challenges that that presented um, as so like, you know, uh, COVID, you know, has changed the landscape, retail and food service more than I've ever and, and it, it just And we'll ever probably ever really, really understand. And I think and like and, and, and put a boundaries around. Um, yeah. Local is as important to my customers or customer than they ever have been. 
But I think that like their scope is changing more around what how they categorize local, but also like you know that local is more than just where it's grown. Yeah. Right. Which is like you know they're using regional and local so like distributors or processors like myself, right? You know, um, like you know someone wants to spend money here instead of with a California. Um, you know, in those decisions are all going there, right? Local trucking companies, right? Local employees, right? Like, you know, what that all looks like. So I think that local scope is becoming at least more broad on like how you define local as far as in miles, right? But also what is buying local produce, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know, doing business with a DNO versus, you know, someone who's like a national corporation. What does that type of like impact go? So um, it's, it's growing, it's, it's fast. I think that as we leave COVID, um, this customer, customers are going back to the things that motivated them before, right? In the last two years, it's, hey, I'm in survival. I need to fill shelves and, and get product in the plates and the kids' uh, trays and things like that. Now that things are kind of returning at least closer to pre-pandemic um, operations, it, it feels like they're going back to those, those motivations they had before. Yeah, well, look, the, the, you know, the pandemic taught us a lot of things when it comes to produce. And, and you know, obviously the, the, the food service, the restaurant people, I mean, they got their asses kicked, no two ways about it. And it was incredibly unfortunate. But when you come around from that, and that's obviously trying to heal itself now. But one of the big things that I think is important is that we did see fruit and vegetable consumption increase because people were at home more. So now they are a little bit more vested. And, you know, as the economy, and I keep preaching from this, this soapbox consistently, you know, and I'm trying to get the messages out as much as we can, as the economy starts to continue to get in trouble and to get worse and to start to become a, you know, a bigger problem for every American, fresh fruits and vegetables have a tendency to now, based on past history, to decrease. And so we've got this forward momentum that we could potentially lose through the economy. And there's this balance of trying to keep um, that attention, that consumer attention back on those healthy choices that they were just making six, eight, 12 months ago, moving us forward. Because you know, again, I, I, you're just not going to live, you're not going to live well in a 79 box, whatever the hell you get at the grocery store, right? It just doesn't work out. So adding, keeping that level up is hard. And I know that's a challenge for you guys as well to keep that momentum and keep your consumers motivated, sure. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, of course it's hard to, you know, especially when you look at like big inflation and like the economic pressures or whatever, it is so easy to go buy frozen berries. It's so easy for like, you know, uh, the schools to want to just like keep what's easy, dry cups, you know, right. You know, dry, you know, things like that. Like, you know, what is fresh and, and the, and trying new items, right. Like, you know, you know, we, we just ended up the school year is just wrapping up like this week. Right. And last week. Right. And, you know, just this past week, we're putting dragon fruit on menus. We're putting papaya, we're putting pink pineapple, like all this other kind of crazy stuff. And like stuff that like maybe and definitely when I was 10 or 12 years old, I didn't get access to. And so it's really important for like us as a company, but also as a society, as an industry to continue to press it with schools, because if, if we're not, if they're not getting exposed to consumption of fresh fruits and vegetables at a young age, Right. It's only a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Right. You get customers at, at eight years old and you get all the people that surround them and, and they, they go tell their parents they want to buy a peach at the retail store because they got it, you know, um, at school. The, the, you you kind of need to set that tone, because if we think that, you know, guys like you and I who want to continue to grow the consumption. 20, 30, 40 more years, like at the pace we're trying to grow it to, if you're not starting at, and with children and with kids, then you just, just never get there. You'll be like me. I grew up right. 
you know, meat and potatoes, right? Like potatoes and corn are the only fresh vegetables. And like I ever ate, right? You know, which is like, you know, and it took, if I wasn't in the business, I could imagine what I'd be eating, right? But we have to start with kids because like, you know, that sets the tone for who's going to eat fruits and vegetables for the next two generations. Preach, brother, preach, man. You got an ear with me. I absolutely 100% agree. I mean, I think it's the best investment that any produce company can make is going back downstream and uplifting those young children in any way it can, whether you're working with service organizations, whether to your point, you're doing work directly with the schools, whether you're working with organizations that are uplifting communities by getting produce out to kids, whatever it might be, you know, uh, even like a brighter bites, things like that. I mean, you've got people got to step up and recognize that the, you know, the next consumer that you're not thinking about is the one that's going to crumble you in five, 10, 15 years. And I think that's a mistake if we don't. And, And the pandemic to my point earlier about, consumption going up, consumption going down, downturn economy. It's even more important now to reaching out to the kids. You know, I, I 100% agree with what you guys are talking about. One thing that's always interesting to me is like, if anyone ever like understands the value of like zooming out and looking at things over multiple years, it should be like produce people, right? Like, like, like if anyone understands that like, the growers and farmers, the investments that get products off a tree, you know, you know what it's like, right? You're going apples or how long it takes, right? So yeah. if anyone should understand the value of what it's like to zoom out and focus on large wins and large sweeping trends. It should be the fresh produce industry. And so to do that, right, long produce trends, invest in uh, fresh fruits and vegetables in children. And I think that our uh, industry organizations are, are doing a great job with that. IFPA is getting really behind it. But it's more than just like what DNO and IFPA can do. It's what you're doing at home and, and what you're doing to Absolutely. support that and, and lobby and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that it's, it, it, I mean, it, it's, how can you not get behind it? I agree hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, to me, it's, you know, excuse the pun, but it truly is low hanging fruit that it's not going to take a big lift to get into. I mean, you know, and, and I think about, uh, I had Corey Martin on the broadcast from Oppenheimer and she talked a little bit about, um, going to the grocery store with her kids and her kid loves dragon fruit. And she's like, you know, this stuff that, you know, right now it's like I don't know, eight ninety nine a pound. It's not cheap. But she's like, if that's what she wants and it's fruits and vegetables, I, I'm going to figure out a way to put it in that cart to keep her engaged. You have to, you know, and you have to. So, you know, let's talk, we'll talk about schools specifically, because I'm, I'm, I'm a real fan of this um, process of trying to increase fresh fruit and produce, not, you know, not cups packed in sugar like I had when I was a kid, right? Or not the fish sticks that they all mimic the exact same fish stick, right? Fish stick <laughs> one was the same as fish stick 500 out of the box. But, you know, is it, is there issues at this point? Or, you know, with getting more fresh fruits and vegetables into school, do you, are they becoming less receptive, more receptive based on the economy, based upon the fact, you know, they're putting a meal out for no money. I, you know, the amount of money that's spent on a school meal is pretty shocking, to be honest with you. This is my call to action. Okay. Yeah, go. Well, right? Go. Uh, yeah. Uh, get involved on a political scope. Um, we have been fortunate in during the COVID, you know, like t- cycle around waivers for, you know, um, waivers for how much people can spend on lunch, what they can serve, things like that. Because look, you're feeding kids for a dollar 35, right? You know, how much fresh, you guys, you guys ever listen to this or in fresh produce, you know what it costs, right? Imagine that like the, the food service director has to put on a serving of fruit along with a different type of entree, a drink, another side, the tray itself, like all this kind of crazy stuff, right? One, it's way it's 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 so much farther than it was 10 years ago and we should mm-hmm. be proud of that we should feel accomplished when doing that but two is we have just as much work to do now as we ever have um the usda is changing the way it's seeing things 
It's a political climate that's as challenging as it's ever been from both sides, right? Um, somehow, school lunch is a political bargaining chip to how we like, you know, to you know, like it just is crazy. So yes, fresh fruit and vegetable consumption um, leads with, you know, we have the DOD fresh program and fresh fruit and vegetable program. That's really focused on providing fresh fruits and vegetables and snacks specifically that we do a lot of business in. Our biggest opportunity is to get involved with IFPA, the USDA and tell them how important it is to you. Um, schools are underfunded. And school nutrition is an easy one to cut back on because you can look at a PL and go, you know, okay, none of that. All the right. chicken tender you can find. Oh, right. all, and all apples are the same. Like, you know, no, and they're not. Right. So um, we've got work to do. And, you know, we've got DNO, I'm proud of it as, as a leadership and as an ownership level, put walk the walk. Yeah. Um, we, have, well, we, have, we have folks in here around policy and stuff because that's it. Um, yeah, well, so, dude, that's my ahead, Get involved. Dude, I, I think it's absolutely 100%. That's the reason I want to go down this trail because I think, you know, as we are in a climate where parents are, you know, realizing they need to get more involved in the school and understand more about what goes on and, and be participants, as they all should have been, they should have never not been participants in their kids' education. This is a big part of it that they need to be involved in realizing that, hey, this school meal, yeah, it's putting food in their stomachs. They may not be eating everything. You may be getting an apple on there that's absolutely nobody wants to eat, right? And how do we change it? How do we bring flavors and, and things and textures and, and a positive um, experience so we get these kids to eat right and to move forward in their lives with that mindset? So with that being said, though, but I want to get a little specific, you know, and kind of give you a little crystal ball moment. Like, hey, you know, what are some of the hurdles, you know, working with the schools that you would like to see overcome? You talked about getting them more funded, getting people a little bit more involved. Is there anything else that you could think of that's like, hey, be more, you know, try, be more open-minded from the school level to like, Hey, if we tell you, you got dragon fruit, you should go for it. Right. Cause kids will eat it or papayas or whatever the case might be. There is a really special program. Um, the fresh fruit and vegetable program, FFVP, anyone who is involved in any other school food service or lunch produce knows that you may know it already. Um, it's specific around school snack pipe items. I mean, for grab and go easy to eat, ready to mm -hmm. peel or already ready to go. And it's all around experience trying new fruits and vegetables than they, than they ever have. And the best part about it, or at least one of the best parts about it, is that it's built around the, 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 the districts who get the most FFVP funding have the highest free and reduced lunch population. So it's meant to serve communities who are underserved, have a, 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 you know, a lower income level, um, and that one may only be eating at school. Right. Which is, which is one that like, you know, I'm like, choked up thinking about it. Okay. Yeah. Right, you know, in school, but also, right. You know, when you're there, right. They get a chance to try things that like, you know, you and I don't get a chance to try. Okay. An experience level, right. I had pink pineapple the first time with the kids, right. You know, jicama sticks and mangoes, and, you know, dragon fruit and all this other great, you know, kumquats and all this other kind of crazy stuff. And it's a great program because it gets experience. They get to try. Fruits and vegetables don't have to be the kind of fruits and vegetables I ate, which are like, you know, big can of green beans or like the only thing I knew that a vegetable was, whether it's a potato, fry, right? So <laughs> French fries, right? I thought that was a vegetable. And that was like right. what that worked. These kids are understanding that there's a huge world out there and they get a chance to learn about maybe I'll take a career in that one day. Maybe I'll get a little more involved. And it's so I can't talk enough around the FFEP program. 
but if there's anything I encourage students to do or to do at home with your kids, right. I just, you know, I just had a baby. And so she's not yet like the eating fruits and vegetables stage yet. But like the exciting part is like, man, I want you to try all these new things that, that are out there. There's such a big world. Yeah, no, hundred. I, 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 you're preaching to the choir again, brother. It's so important. You know, one of the things that really impresses me about what, what Dino does and, and, you know, and, 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 and probably better than a whole lot of people is that you guys literally, I, I think we'll do anything anybody asks, or at least you will find a way to figure it out, you know, whatever, you know, stand on one leg and whatever it takes. I mean, you guys will do it, but which is, which is really powerful back to your customers. But, you know, when I think about the, the degree of follow through that you guys have and you provide, uh, you know, making stuff work for your customers, are you seeing because the ability that DNO has to, you know, to morph anything into something and to, and to go down that trail, are you seeing it help? Increase school consumption at all? Do you think it's making a difference? 100%. Yep, yeah. Kind of. We're big enough to handle the volumes of the, of like extremely large districts, right? And I service a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But we're small enough to be nimble, right? And yeah. the, the end of the day, like, you know, it doesn't matter unless the kids are eating it. So, you know what? I got to go a little bit farther than maybe the other guys or gals, right? Or the competition. And sure. You know, that's okay. Right. Like, you know, you, you've seen like even some of our marketing stuff and like, it's goofy and fun. It's like, you know what, man? Cause I'm like, I'm not Taylor farms. Right. You know, I'm just not, and that's okay. Right. You know, so there's a, I got to do some things to make sure that like we're extremely valuable. Right. right? And to do that is like, I've got to be able to like, you know, go meet my customers where they are. And yeah. I, I wish, I wish it was like, well, that's the way we do it. That's how I right. sell. That's how our product, but it's just not my customers. Well, think- and so, like you know, I, I you know, I think like my operations team and they're excellent. And they do just some of the most phenomenal things for customers, and that's it. We just have to go meet our customers where they're at. Yeah, well, I mean, look, if you take a look at your availability list and you take a look at everything you guys do from slice, dice, twist, turn, up, down, left, right, whatever the hell you want to call it, it's impressive. And I think that that fact that you guys do that and that willingness to go down that trail especially when you start leaning into schools is just incredibly powerful. I mean, I think, you know, and I, and I hope the school districts are embracing some of that and recognizing that, Hey, we can try, we're, you know, be willing to try and get stuff out there for these kids. Cause I just think it's so important that we keep uplifting, you know, the diets of these young people. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you got in my, the competition for the app for the apple slices or whatever, isn't other apple slices, it's Doritos. Yeah, you know, you know, it's got a surfboard on the front of the package, and it's cool, and it's got lightning bolts and things like that. And then you got apple slices. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's yeah. Like, if it's not having fun, then like that's the whole thing. I think that like the uh, the approach of health and nutrition has been great for us, but to get that real consumption level, it's got to be action and adventure, and that's what's well, going to get kids excited. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you've got to make an experience, but it's, but you know, and I think that plays too. And I we're going to kind of lean into talking about consumption as a country as a whole too, and get your, get your thoughts on how, you know, how do we, how do we get everybody keeping that momentum from the past moving forward this economy? But, you know, it, it is, um, it's so important that the experience that you create in any kind of a food business be there, right? Cause nobody's, you know, nobody's going to want to buy that peach or pear or whatever it is, or, and it'd be shitty. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm not buying that again. Right. So you you know, you got that one one chance to get it right in a lot of ways. It's important to keep that in front of people. And I know even with kids, you know, they try something once and it doesn't work for them. They are not going to go back. <laughs> They're just not. Yeah. Yeah, dude. In that, you, you, you got it right, man. I don't need to convince you, right? But if you get it, 
right? And then the same thing that happens around like, you know, like with like making it great for the students is like, you know, the, the only way that's going to work is if your employees are the same way. Are they committed the same way? Like, yeah, man, I'm supposed to be committed, right? Like, you know, like, I, you know, yeah. that's the thing. it's like, but like, are all the other people here committed to like this big goal and mission? Um, you know, but I think you have to get to where consumption is at. Um, you have to try a little harder. I mean, I'm not sure, Todd, I think you have kids, right? You know, yeah. but like, you know, you definitely remember, you know, I'm assuming trying to feed them and getting them to eat anything, right? That's not their favorite food is probably difficult, right? Yeah. So, you know, imagine doing that at, at a scale among, when they're sitting at, the, sitting at the lunch table among their friends, trying to be mm-hmm. cool, right? Who's got the Capri Sun, right? Whatever kind of stuff. And then you're like, and you want to be the cool kid and you got to eat the cantaloupe chunks. How does that become what's what's what everyone wants to do? And that's our job as an industry. Well, there's no two ways about it. Well said. And I think it's so important that we keep this conversation about consumption up as a whole. Um, and, you know, obviously schools are the place to, you know, put a lot of energy in. But I mean, to, you know, even for adults, even in the retail sector, even out there today, we've got to keep this thing up. We've got to we've got to invest in, you know, putting energy into increasing consumption um, is certainly a great way to reduce food waste. Right. And my next question to you is like, you know, what does the phrase reduce, you know, reduce food waste by increasing consumption mean to you? Right. And I think it's important that we recognize yeah. that, you know, we want to, you know, the, the number one way to stop to some of this big problem with food. waste. Here's one for you. Did I share this in a long time in America? The food waste issue in America is equal to every single America throwing away 650 medium sized apples. That's, That's the food. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to do that math, if you were to take the, the population of this country, let's call it 335 million people, multiply it by 650, you'd have to turn your phone sideways because the number's too big for it to play up on the calculator. It's crazy. And it's just, you know, when we think about that and we think about these kids, God, it just seems like a natural fit for produce to just be leaning down and just leaning into these kids and driving it home in their own communities. It just seems just so logical. Yeah, I like the idea. I, you're right. Like um, uh, waste issue is a consumption issue. That's mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, there's some really smart people, a lot smarter than me, especially on the retail side, um, that will talk around like eating seasonal and eating things when, when they're supposed to be, when they're naturally supposed to be eating and stuff. Right. When there's a big glut of things like that and trying to grow that consumption, uh, you know, but you look, um, I definitely don't have any type of like, you know, silver steak on how to like get us there. What I know yeah. is, is like, you know, if I do a little bit extra in helping kids eat, I did my part. Now it's on anyone else to, you know, get excited about their part. And, you know, it, well, it is, man. Tough, but we're, we're working on it, man. Uh, well, I appreciate it, you letting me uh, get on my soapbox around. No, dude, it's it's too it's too important of a topic not to, to elevate and keep talking because you made a really, really great point. And, and, and I want to come back around it. You talked about the kids sitting in the lunchroom, you know, 35 kids on one giant table. Right. And to your point, Capri Sun, I'm not going to eat the cantaloupe because it's not cool. This guy's got an Oreo. I'm going there. whatever the case may be. Yeah. <clears throat> the important thing is that we can get these kids to try those cantaloupe slices they're eventually going to go home to their families and they're going to go home to their house. And there's going to be five people, four people, three people, whatever the number is that's in the house. That's an important conversation now that they can have. Like I had cantaloupe today. It was delicious. You hit it on the nose. There you go. I I used to, when I was was a little brass or, you know, I'm I'm around some folks I know, I always say, Hey man, you owe me dividends for all your sales in your communities because I know I, I I instigated it with the school or whatever it is. Right. We got, but like, yeah, like it's compounded. It's compounding in a way like, you know, maybe you shop with, you remember shopping with some of your you know kids or whatever. If they really, really want something to go in the cart, it's going in the cart. Correct. Because if not, they're melting down, right? What if they did that walk in the produce aisle? 
Right, because that's probably the one one area that it's not going in. It's like they're getting the cereal or getting the whatever, juices or snacks, right? What if, like, kids were, like, beating their parents down to put peppers or cantaloupes or honeydew or whatever, pineapples, right, in the cart, right? That's where we can really win. And then, mm-hmm. like, the, then everyone feels better and you know, we're doing the right thing. Um, so we got a lot of work to do. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know if there's a, a bigger way to compound your efforts, than with children, right? If you're serious around consumption, you know, there are probably people who like all through the industry, consumption, consumption, consumption. If you're not having kids as a, as a very large part of that, then I think you're, you might be making, you might, you might be misfocused. That's all. Yeah. No, I, I, well, you know, look, dude, I mean, go on TV, you're getting advertised for sodas. You're getting advertised for oh. chips. You're getting, tell, I, I cannot, I cannot tell you the last time I saw a produce advertisement, on national TV saying, hey, go eat more apples. Go eat Someone more owes me my Got Milk campaign for fresh fruits and vegetables. Dude, right? I'm on board. Let's How go. many milk mustaches did I do growing up? Unbelievable. Stone Cold had one, right? You know, yeah. like, like, right, okay. Like, like people had like milk mustaches. You'd go around and everyone wanted to have one. You'd show your friends and pictures or whatever, okay? And then like, and the, you know, like, and you know what, man? They didn't like say, oh, only buy chocolate milk, only buy it from this guy or this whatever. They just said, Milk. Get milk. Yeah. Yeah. So Agreed. Like, so, that's what it's going to be. Like eat fresh. And there's some people who are working on that right now, which is really exciting. Right. And that's great. They need it. But, you know, we got to get people who are exciting. Right. That's what action and adventure until like, you know, you know, all the YouTube stars, all the TikTok influencers, like the coolest thing to do is be a part of fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, we're not there yet. No, but we need to be. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, and again, I think conversations like this plant seeds, Right. You know, put some thoughts in people's minds like, yeah, what are we doing? And what are we doing? You know, I'm a ship. I'm a I'm a wholesaler. And, you know, wherever. What am I doing? What are, you know, is there something more I could be doing? How do I vote? How do I get product in? Do I donate? Hey, do I donate 10 cases to my local school just to see what it does? Yeah. Who knows? But it's a hell of a good investment in the future, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and, the, and the schools, you also got like the other areas. Like I encourage people to get all their food bank, local food banks. Yeah. A lot of kids. For sure. Food banks. And, you know, yeah. that's where you're going to grow consumption. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Dude, thank you. That was awesome. That was a great chat on that topic, and it's so terribly important. I want to kind of switch gears a little bit because I think people need to hear, and I'd like for people to hear from your perspective as we're getting into this you know, economic state, what's going on, and you guys do a ton of logistics services. You guys do a DNO. So I want to talk a little bit about logistics and you know this economy a little bit and just kind of what your crystal ball says about what's going forward. Yeah, um, probably if I was like, probably if I had a, like a really crystal ball, I'd be a lot richer. Probably I understand where like we doing things right now. We'd be got, we've been, we've been Vegas today playing black. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah. So, um, first of all, I think consumption in general, but like in general as an industry, we're gonna get pressed. Um, if anything's expensive, it's fresh fruits and vegetables, right? It is. It's right. tough, right? We're fa- we're all facing the same thing: labor, trucks, shortages. Um, you know, don't have as much money to spend, you know, the grocery store they once did or whatever. Um, where it's going, where are we going? Um, I think that as a business, we, we would try to, you know, set ourselves up to, you know, outlast a, a lot of like the issues. And then you do that by, you know, trying to spread your customer base around a little bit. But, um, you know, as an industry, I, I think that like we're going to like, you know, find more reasons to get along than than be than compete in a way and i think that that's um i think you know when i hear stories around um like where the fresh produce 
wholesale the business started you know uh-huh. or like it was really big those 50s 60s 70s right and then kind of where it went away with like the development of broadliners large buying organizations and things like that was that like uh-huh. at one time everyone worked together and then they kind of lost a little bit of that, that spark and magic but now we've got this hyper like new generation that's entering the fresh produce business like you know like i'm i'm, I'm not like i'm i'm 30 okay and like every person on my sales team is younger than Okay. So they were all blown. And what they all tell me the exact same thing is that like, it's all around like collaboration and working together and trying to like build things together. And I think that's what the industry is going to see a lot different. Um, I don't know if I've got to tell you that, Hey, like, you know, trucking's going to get easier or harder. It probably, my guess, everything's going to get harder. That's yeah. why I, th- I think that everything's going to be tighter. Margins are going to shrink. We're all going to be focused on consumption, all focused on, you know, making every single case count, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I do know that, like, as an industry, what we're going to do is we're going to work together more or you will be, you will be obsolete. Your partners and your competitors are all going to work I mean, a little bit closer together with freight and things like that. And I'm starting to see it more and more than I've seen in the last decade here. And definitely, you know, um, is that that's just it, you, we're going to have to we're going to have to help each other to, to, to keep things moving the way that we're accustomed to. Well, it's well said. I mean, I think it, you know, I think it's I do believe it's going to be a challenge. I think you're right. I think all of it's going to be supply is going to be a challenge. Boxes, oil, yeah. fuel, trucks, truckers, you know, all of it is going to come back. And it's and I think we've got to be mindful and, and prepared for that. We need to start having making sure we're having these conversations with our you know our vendor partners and everybody else. Like, look, this is going to be a rocky road. How are we going to navigate this? Because, you know, you're at the point now where, you know, this conversation of, you know, get your infrastructure tighter, right? There's, it's, you know, cut costs, this, that, that's just, that's just, that, that train's left the station right now. And I think it's going to be really challenging. You're going to be having more conversations about raising prices and why you've got to do it. You know, look, oil's at the price it is, which means packaging goes through the roof. All of it just, is, just keeps circulating back on itself. So it's going to be a challenge. And I got a philosophy, you know, I'm not even, I certainly, I don't claim to be the, the right, you know, all the time or even like you know, the best, which is that like, you know, um, I think right now people are going to try to figure out ways to like get shrink, get tighter, understand their cost, right? Do things a little streamlined way. I, I'm pushing a little bit the other way, right? Like when people zig, I want to zag, right? And I want to like build things a little certain way. And I think that like, you know, so we're focused on our people and, and, and internally and we, we work on growing those types of things because I think that everyone's going to be really concerned around like what, what, who I'm doing business with the people I'm working with day to day during this tremulous time, right? Cause right. it's going to be hard, right? Like you're going to have conversations with your vendors and your customers that you've been trying to avoid. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. And so I'm focused on is like, how do I have a team right now that's built for that? How do I not go through a, a shrink phase? Right. How do I build, how do I keep building the team out so that they'll keep building my own business out during this time? Because like, you know, they're going to want to work here until maybe this all shakes out which could be, yeah. could be years. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so how do I work on a team that allows for them to like, you know, be prepared to have those conversations and say, you know what, if I'm going to like be in an economic downturn and everything's going to be expensive and all conversations are going to go there and case volume is going to go down and consumption is going to change. The one thing they can choose is where the, is where they work or at least hope to, right. Like yeah. they could probably make that choice. And I think if I can get the best people to make that choice here, because everyone's been doing the same stuff. They make that choice here. Then I think that like, um, that's a little bit of an advantage or an edge that like, a company like me could have long-term. Yeah. Well said. Very well said. 
switch gears. Let's have a little bit of fun with you here. Let's switch gears. Talk to me a little bit about Dim Apples. Talk to me a little bit about social media and uh, how it's become a part of your business. Because you're a little bit of you're a little bit of an influencer out there. I do. I mean, like, what, what, what do you have? Like 500, 500 million TikTok followers? What do you got now? What, where are you on, at? On accident. On accident. You know. Uh, how it works. Uh, it, hey, yeah, it, ask the Kardashians. They'll tell you how it works. It's all by accident. <laughs> Yeah, it um I wish like there's like talk about crystal ball, I have no idea how it all worked. Um one day I felt this going this this is like going to go sad and then go going to fun, okay? Yeah. One day I felt lonely. I was like, no way I'm the only person who's like who thinks about it this way. Or if I am, this is gonna be a long career. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like it's gonna be brutal. Okay. <laughs> and then so one day I was like, you know what, man, I'm gonna just like be myself online. I'm going to like make, I'm going to make my LinkedIn look like my Twitter and I'm going to make it like, you know, just have fun. And yeah. I, I couldn't, I would go to sales meetings and the like, customers and it, I would knock it out of the park and I'd go, what happened? Like, cause I was myself, but then like, I couldn't ever like tap, could never really can show people all like the fun and crazy stuff that the people who work for us do and are. And it right. was like, you know, they're just like, so unique. And I was like, you know what, man? How can I like put these guys on the internet? <laughs> like that's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, I can't scale them enough. So how do I do that? And one day I had this idea, and I was like, I watched like Between Two Ferns, and I was watching like Hilarious. a couple other things, and I was like, yeah, I have a, they just try this one time. And luckily, like ownership, like told me like, hey, like you know, go for it, have fun, like. But if it bombs, like don't like don't do it anymore, right? Or delete it. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, no, no, I, th I think it's really cool. And like, you know, made it They're like, I filmed it in my office. That's like wood paneling. And I realized a long time ago, or at least like the last couple of years is like, you know what? Like it is what it is. I work in an office that's got wood pan. Right. I work in an office that's like anyone can hear me and it's awkward. It's a produce warehouse. It is what it is. Okay. So I embraced it, filmed a, filmed a six minute episode on there and cut it over a glass of wine right one time and put on the internet and it went crazy and i was just like what and then i was like okay that's like now let's put, start putting memes on the internet like stuff that i was already doing i was all, we were already doing this internally and sharing with each other i was like you know what maybe our customers might care um yeah. it took it took about um about almost 18 months of doing stuff like that all the time right no return outside of just having a ton of fun yeah you just we just like thought it was the funniest thing and we're like loving it. We didn't care what it did, but people started liking it and wanting it. And then one day my phone rang and a customer had saw, someone had saw my video and they were a customer seven days later. And the and power of the internet turned it in to like leadership. And I was like, Hey, it took me 18 months. And now it's at a pace where it actually makes a lot of sense. But the one thing that like, it's not it, unfortunately and fortunately, I don't do it. <laughs> I do. I do it because it's so much fun to me. Right. right. Like I wish it had some grand scheme. Oh, this is our customer acquisition strategy. No, it's not, Todd. That is a lie. Right. I think it is hilarious and it's the best part. Of I do too. I think it's hilarious. I think what you guys did, I think when you guys did the, the pink pineapples, it's just, it's just, it's great. It's just, it's a great pause. It's a great way of like getting people involved. Again, working to increase consumption, getting people involved with the logic. And have a little bit of fun. Like we I did, mean, uh, I, like I can look at this. Yeah. I also like this. Like I think that like the traditional marketing campaigns are also kind of played out. Oh, my July Fourth marketing campaign. Go eat cut fruit. Uh, okay, right. That's yeah. why we did April Fools. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. I picked the other one. 
right? You know, like, yeah. Like whatever one, like I picked the one, like, you know, I always say it's like, you know, like whichever, what are you doing? Okay. I'm going to do the opposite because like, you know, I can't, I probably can't go beat you over there. But like, mm-hmm. I bet you make no, no one make a better April Fool's joke than me. Like, you know, hundred yeah, percent. and it worked out well. So I, yeah, look, um, it's fun. And like LinkedIn is like, and these people who like, I think thought that way are now saying like, yeah, like, like, you know, now we can converse and they're doing it too. And like, there's like more and more fun, cool stuff going on. Like this guy, Albert Perez, I don't even know who he works for, but he just likes putting these videos about mangoes on. And this guy's like really funny. And like, I'm starting to see more and more stuff like that. And now like LinkedIn specifically and email is like what I always wanted it to be. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, now it's fun again. So I don't yeah. know. No, it's dude, I think it's dude. great. I, I think it's absolutely great. I look in a, People ask me when we talk about like like this platform that we have, you know, what do you think about this or other people? And it's like, I don't, you know, look, I don't give a shit because my conversation about a peach isn't your conversation about a peach. But the bottom line issue is now it's two conversations about a peach. That's what's going to win the day. So for your point, too, is where you're out there having fun, you're winning the day, you're putting a smile on somebody's face, but you're getting them to, you know, and you're getting them to sit there and go, well, I never thought about a pink pineapple. And all of a sudden now I'm sure your pink pineapple sales, you know, jump. People got more involved. Yeah, it's exactly. It's beautiful, dude. It's great. That's it. That's the whole thing, right? Like, like, and like, um, I, I will sit in marketing meetings, and Marissa Dake is on my team, who's just being just incredibly smart, right? You know, and like, and she runs our, our marketing communications, and like, you know, at first we'll start with like, you know, what are these outcomes, and eventually we're like, this doesn't matter anyway. We know it's going to work. I can't tell you what it is exactly. Like, I always say, like, you know, what we try to do is we try to hide the spinach in the smoothie, right? <laughs> you know, you're yeah. drinking spinach, but it certainly don't taste like. It. Right. right. So, right. That's kind of like the entire marketing strategy at DNA. Is it like, you know, we are hiding the spinach in the smoothie. Yeah. Uh, and we're just like, it. you know, and that's it. That's how we just figured it out. Right? You know, like, but like, there certainly is no method. It's a, what do we think is really funny? Like, you know, we got one that's coming up and it's going to be insane. Good. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I watch. I think you're great, dude. Incredibly entertaining, and I'm glad you're doing them. Don't stop. Thanks, man. You know, no, it's. I think it's, again. I think it's just super important. But it goes. But you know, it it really does epitomize exactly what we've been talking about this entire broadcast about consumption and kids and reaching out. Look, you go on a you go you you go on a video and you read Shakespeare to a you know a six year old. Good luck. But if you're on there talking about pink pineapples being a dork and having a good time, making them yeah. laugh. They're gonna want to go buy a pink pineapple. It's it's just common sense. I love yeah. it. There you go, man. We, we just, like, you know, I think like our other parts of our, our marketing side, like on how to like, get apples, like the videos and like now, like my team's coming in, they're going, yeah, I got a great idea. Yeah. They're going to be pitched. Sure. And I'm like, dude, you can put whatever you want on the internet. That's what's so cool about the internet is you can do, you can like put, you can like do whatever you want. Like, like so much opportunity and like, like, you know, they can do bad stuff too. Right. But like, there's so much that you can do and like try and guess what? It's basically free. Yeah. All my high like apples videos is on my iPhone and a selfie stick that I picked up for nine dollars off Amazon, and then I yeah. cut it. I cut it over happy hour. That's the whole thing. I love it. And guess what? Like you know, we I went to Brandstorm and they got huge budgets, huge budgets to drive the same results that you can do with the internet. Yeah, good point. Like, good point. Crazy. Yeah, it's a good point, dude. It makes you make a, you, there's no argument. Get it too, man. Like this is just like like how much like, you know how much Zoom costs? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. But like you know, like we just you like yeah, you can pay for certain things, but you got it, man. Like this is it. This is how it works. I love it. So, dude. So <laughs> let's you know before before I start rattling a little harder on Ohio State, we get into that conversation because it's coming. I haven't let it go yet. You know it's coming. 
what's next for what's next for you and what's next for DNO and the rest of the year? Anything exciting coming on? I mean, you just had a baby, so you can't say you're going to have another baby. That'd be a little quick. No, no. Um, I'm like, I'm going to try to find a nap. Um, is like the, with, with, with the newborn. Um, DNO is a unique place, and they're going to, we're going to build a unique future. It's going to, I love that. And it's, um, it's a, um, there is no, there is no company we're trying to emulate. Um, I'm also trying to emulate anyone else's career. Uh, you know, I think that we're just trying to, I think that like in the short term, like, so a great mentor, I'm going to steal it. This guy is Artie Isaac. He's super sharp. Um, and his big always advice is in the short term, we're going to be intensive. And in the long term, we're going to be consistent. And that's oh. it. That's our plan. We're in the, right now, day to day, we're going to be intense. All right. Every opportunity, every sale, every interaction with each other, our customers, our vendors, our partners, whatever. But long term, we're going to be consistent in that. Um, oh. and that's, that's our plan. I wish there, there is no like... In, 10 years, we're going to look like this and do that. And we're building some big thing. We got a big expansion. It's coming on board. We're at more capacity. We do more of the mission that we're trying to do. I love right? it. Dude. That's it. Right. And so like, if you can get behind that as an employee or as a customer or a vendor, I want you to call me. Like, that's basically it. Right. Cause like you, what you get is what you get. We're building a company around good people, good products and good partners day in and day out. That's it. I love it. Well, so let's, let's let me, let me, I got to screw with you with Ohio state. It's for the backstory for everybody. And I've shared this with you. We've already had this conversation when I was a kid, my dad was a professor at USC. So I grew up as a kid with USC football. So I learned to hate Ohio state. I learned to hate Notre Dame and I learned to hate UCLA. It's just what you did when you were a kid, right? Cause I was always rooting for the Cardinal and gold. So I had an opportunity to be at a Rose bowl with Woody Hayes on the sideline when USC beat Ohio state as they normally used to do. But, you know, so, it, so to me, I have a little bit of, you know, I have a little brevity, a little bit of fun, a little bit of humor around Ohio state. So, you know, and I kind of touched on the beginning of the show why they call it the, so, but I just a couple quick trivia questions. I'll just throw one at you. Do you know why there's no longer ice available at Ohio state football games? Rattle me off. Well, because the uh, seventh year senior uh, that knew the recipe finally graduated. <laughs> I think out of out of all the jokes, the one that feels the most truthful is that one. <laughs> like, yeah. like, 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 you know, uh, yeah, uh, football, football or die for sure. Going to us. Yeah, there's no two ways about that. And I saw it today, and I read the story about the football player that was almost killed in that tragic horse uh, riding accident. He was uh, he fell from the horse and he almost got trampled. Did you see that? Tell me. Well, the good part was that the manager from the Walmart came out and unplugged the horse, so it was okay. That one's actually know. really good. That Thank one is actually try. super sharp. I like that one, dude. I'm gonna steal that one. But you know, it's funny, man, because you know, usually the guys who pick on me are the guys from Ann Arbor, right? Oh. Michigan, right? Now, like we haven't had, so like, like you know, we've been able to Ohio State, we've been able to kind of like ride that horse. Maybe not that same horse that we fell off of, but no. a horse for a long time around Hamlet. We just keep beating up Ann Arbor. That's enough, right? Yeah. That's starting a little bit of change. That's starting to become a little more competitive than it used to be, right? Uh, but yeah, you know, we can't seem to ever get too many fans. <laughs> We're a pretty hated school. I think, like, like, like no it's one, like, unless you're in Ohio, like, I, and I grew up in Columbus. Um, you know, I remember making all these college applications. And my parents were like, hey, that's cool, but like, you're going to go to, like Ohio State, right? Like, you know, like, like the, the basement, like, you know, everyone's basement had a hostage basement, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I didn't realize how much people didn't like them as a football team until I left, even left school. Yeah. I was like, what, well, what you guys are good. Yeah, but you win, right? Nobody likes teams that win all the time, right? Let's be honest, right? You know, you guys are good. You're, you're always, somebody's always the underdog. 
yeah. for the most part, when you know, when you play a team like the Earth with that Ohio State, and you had a great run, you know. Well, but of course, you know, when you got guys that are in there for 12 years as a senior, I mean, like, obviously, these guys are getting good practice. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they, <laughs> quarterback they 39. Swole. Yeah, we're getting swole. That's for sure, right? Like, yeah. you know, our guys are spending time in the gym. There's no, there's no doubt. There's creatine in their diet. There's no two ways about that, dude. There's yeah. no two ways. Yeah. Brother, this is a blast. I'm super glad we got to hang out together and chat. I mean, I really, I told you I was looking forward to this, and I meant it. And I knew it was going to go like this. I knew it was just going to be a ton of fun, and incredibly informative, and insightful. Um, so I just want to say thanks very much for making the time to hang out with me today and just chilling because I think that people are going to see this, and I think that you. You've planted this conversation is going to plant some seeds of thought that hopefully translate into communities around this country um, to think about change. And how do we make change? And how do we get involved with schools to make change? How do we talk about food in the school system? What parents have gone and said, hey, tell me about how you feed my kid every day. I think those are important conversations we need to start leaning into. And I'm glad you guys are leading the charge and, sh- you know, being a shining example out there about what's working and what how to do it right. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Hopefully uh, we get a chance to continue the conversation some other time. Maybe I'll come back. Yeah, for dude. Maybe I'll be at episode 198. Dude, you're welcome back anytime. Come on. And I've, I still got another Ohio state joke. I'm going to leave in the back burner. <laughs> so, you you know, yeah, same. I don't want to ruin them all, but yeah, dude, you're always welcome back. You know that. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. What a great conversation. Get inspired by it. I talk about it all the time in this broadcast. Find something that inspires you. Lean into it. Go inspire somebody. Say hello. You know, give somebody a hug, make a phone call to somebody you haven't talked to in a while, send a text message. Those are all sources of inspiration, as well as this conversation. How do we inspire schools? How do we inspire change? I Jeremy did a great job of laying some of that out and put some seeds. So uh, go check out DNL Produce. Get on Dim Apples. Check out what they're doing on social media. It's a good time. Check us out on social media. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us. Do all that cool stuff. We really appreciate all of you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. <music>